start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna it. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. You're listening to the White Cat Outdoors podcast, bringing you to the table where we talk about the outdoors. Hello, everybody. This is episode 74 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. Thanks for listening in. And uh, packed house. Everyone's here. Nick, Tom, and Luke. What's going on, everybody? Glad to be in the studio tonight. Always a pleasure. Full house. Yeah. Before we get uh, too crazy, I want to congratulate Luke on finishing up his schooling. Um, Hell yeah, brother! Took Thank his you. Uh, took his big man job uh, at work. So as soon as you graduated, you just go into work and tell your boss to shove it. Yep. yep. Basically, I yeah. Just, uh, I, I walk around. So I'm like the boss the now. No. Yeah. Um, but I've been saying it for a while about uh, getting more involved here. And uh, my excuse has always been, you know, I got schooling and work and whatnot and super busy. So I guess it's time that uh, I make up a new excuse. No, I'm just kidding. It's time to uh, get on unemployment yep. and start doing some work on the podcast. Yep. Or uh, whatever. No, but so you'll be hearing a lot more of me and uh, hopefully seeing us. And uh, Nick's been messing around a little bit. He got a new video camera. I'm not right. sure if he... Uh, yeah, we talked about it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think last time I was on here, I might have uh, mentioned it, but so that's going to be interesting seeing uh, seeing how that pans out and uh, the footage that comes from that. But what did you have uh, to say, Nick? So I wanted to take a second to talk about a new podcast, or not a new podcast, a new episode of a kind of like he's a veteran podcaster, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Vissison, uh, he runs the Deer Hunter podcast. So if you guys enjoy deer hunting as much as we do and hate to just make it from October to January and you like to hear deer hunting content year round, check out um, the Deer Hunter podcast with Kevin Vissison. But what I mainly want to highlight is for the past couple weeks, he's been doing a project on the Mitch Rumpala buck. So if you're into any into deer hunting to any degree, you've probably at least heard the term or the name Mitch Rumpala. Um, he's arguably has the biggest whitetail ever killed he he, definitely has the most controversial whitetail ever killed yes um basically what happened i think it was like back in 1998 he killed a monster whitetail up in the michigan big woods with his bow and scored i think a a green like five or six inches above milo hansen Mm -hmm. and dried just an inch or two above the milo hansen Mm -hmm. basically controversy starts where it's not the world record. It's not in the Boone and Crockett record books, and nobody has heard or seen from Mitch since, basically. Um, he went totally under the radar. He does not... Um, you, you, you can't even go see the buck. Um, and what Kevin has been doing for the past couple months has been reaching out to people that know the facts on the, on the whole story. Because right now, like all over the internet, it's just... Um, up for hearsay people are like why i I think it's fake i think it's real and kevin is going 
deep into it and talking to people that actually know the story. He's talking to people that were there the day it was scored. He was talking to people that know Mitch um, personally and is just gathering the facts. He's got court documents um, from Mitch Rampala and Milo Hansen um, signed by both of them. It's been authenticated is definitely their signatures like insane uh, what he's doing with this. And I don't know if it'll ever be totally settled, but it's definitely worth a listen because like Frank said, it's definitely the most controversial whitetail ever talked about. I would say. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you've ever seen a picture of this thing, it looks fake. Yeah, it does. Um, only thing I will say is that it's been x-rayed and it's been scored by official Boone and Crockett, uh, scorers. So if you want to know more, check out the deer hunter podcast. Yeah, definitely go listen to it. I don't want to give away everything. He's only into the second episode of that project he said he's going to be doing it up until deer season so oh my god oh yeah it's getting way into oh he's getting real deep it's wild so i've been loving it and he's got a good podcast in general Mm -hmm. but this project um is phenomenal that he's working on right now so check that out for sure so uh now that we got that out of the way is there anything else we want to talk about before we get way into what we're talking about I think Nothing. that's about it. Um, well, listeners still don't know what we're talking about yet. Do no, they, they don't. They don't. Oh, man. If should, you're still listening. We should do a uh, little like five-second pause here just to really build up the suspension before we open the can of beans. Speaking of opening, Frank. This five-second break is sponsored by NT Brewing. <laughs> yeah. They brought us a new beer. They're Honey Brown, and I'm about to crack my first bottle of it. Haven't tried it yet. I've heard it's the best yet. So thank you to NT Brewing. For this and uh i'm sure there will be very many more five second breaks brought to you by nt brewing in the future so. wish i could have some but if only. doctor said i'm an alcoholic and i'm not allowed beer anymore so <laughs> get, get that right on the mic frank oh too late too late mm, it came through a little bit oh buddy well that's good it's made so i hear talk to the brewers uh good friend of theirs um, won't mention his name because just don't want to do that to him. Get way too busy, I'm sure. But he's got bees. Donated some delicious honey from his own bees that is brewed right in that beer. That's awesome. It tastes so, really good. Fantastic. So yeah. thank you again. Yeah, definitely thank you to NT Brewing. And now moving on. Five seconds is over, and we're talking to Luke the rest of the time. Luke, why did we bring you on? Probably well, for big buck hunting, isn't it? Yeah, it's usually usually you know uh, archery hunting or um, you know turkey scouting and stuff like that. It's usually when you when you bring me on the on the podcast to talk about that stuff because I'm super knowledgeable about it. Do it every day. But, yeah. So um, so to change gonna, it up, yeah, we're, we're going to talk we're fishing gonna, today. We're going to turn gears, yeah, and go uh, go towards the fishing side of the outdoors, and uh, we're going to turn little, the propeller, if you will. Oh, that was a good. I one. I like that. Might have to use that in future episodes. <laughs> but uh, we're going to do some uh, lake trout talk. and uh, Talking trout. Talking trout. And that, that's, what the, that's what the title of this podcast should be called, Talking Trout. Talking Trout. All right. Yeah, there it is. Set. It's my bumper sticker. <laughs> Say um, it every day. So before I get... Uh, now, these aren't just in, any old trout. No. We're specifically no, these, talking lakers. Lake trout these are mackinac if you will these are just the actually uh good buddy uh cory elder he's the captain of xt arch fishing charters which i hear and luke is 
trying to pull strings to get him on. Yes. So, Hopefully nice. we can get him on because another term he uses is dinosaur because that's what these things are, or mm-hmm. the dinosaurs of the Great Lakes. They're just phenomenal fish. But um, if you haven't heard of XTR Charters, look them up, Facebook, Instagram. He has a website. And if you want to catch big trout or smallmouth or walleye or pretty much anything for that matter, if it's got gills, he can catch them. Corey Elder is top notch. He uh, advertises uh, booking a trip of a lifetime, and it is all of that. You'll see all the pictures and he takes live videos and just makes memories out there. And he is actually the one who got me into lake trout fishing. I've done pretty much everything under the sun from going to saltwater and catching shark and billfish and, uh, you know, reef fish and groupers to, you know, fishing freshwater with, uh, you know, the perch, the walleye, muskie, bass, and just had never ventured towards lake trout. So I got into contact with Captain Corey, and he was gracious enough to point me in the right direction and give me some tips and hook me up on my first lake trout. And uh, it actually started, he does jigging trips. So I love any type of lake fishing that you jig. I, I love it. It's so much it's, more fun than trolling. Oh, you get you get to feel the fish. You're on a lighter action rod, yeah. and you know you're not dragging it. You're not feeling the weight of the boat pulling it, and mm-hmm. it's just you versus the fish, and that's it. So, I uh, got started from from him and uh, started jigging, and my first. I believe it was three trips that I went out. I had not caught one. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Well, he knew what he was talking about because I would watch videos of him Mm. like catching 60 of them in a day. (laughs) But first first two trips I went out, um, location was my issue. And uh, the third time I went out, had the right location. And my boat set up isn't ideal for jigging Mm -hmm. um i have a 21 foot hughes craft and it's just too hard to hold in place it's got a hard cover on it and if the wind's blowing it just pushes it right across the lake and your anchor don't hold very well on it unless it's in the mud or catches some rocks or something so it was just very difficult so took a loss packed it in for the year and uh winterized the boat and Figured I would give it another try uh, this spring. So my first trip, uh, I went out and we'll go over the the program of how um, the majority of people troll for them. And this is what I started with. I didn't have too much input on what everybody was using, but just from you know knowing the characteristics of trout and salmon, they're all pretty similar i mean they're different to some aspect but i knew that spoons would be a good a good bet for them and uh slow trolling so i didn't have gear specifically for uh lake trout so i rigged up some you know mix match rods from 
you know, old walleye rods and, uh, I had some salmon rods and just rigged them up for lake trout fishing Mm -hmm. and didn't really have any input the first time I went out. Any, you know, clues, just a couple things I've heard, you know, over the past couple years on where they are and, uh, how to fish for them. So I went out and ended up my first trip out picking three fish up. Not, none of them were very big. Maybe the biggest one was maybe 11 pounds. So pretty small fish for lake trout and i was completely satisfied i was Mm -hmm. tickled pink and yeah anytime you're catching a fish over 10 pounds you're gonna have fun fighting it whether it's big for that fish or not yeah it it was it was a lot of fun and so that was kind of the tipping point the kind of the bug that bit me for these Mm -hmm. lake trout because i've been persistent until successful on pretty much any style of fishing that I've done mm-hmm. and only would, one way to learn yep and I'd say that uh this was one of the longer times that I had to be persistent until I was successful mm-hmm. so just to give the listeners a little info if they want to you know go do it for themselves um I'm fishing Lake Erie obviously it's where we're from but there are lake trout in the other Great Lakes and even inland lakes. Uh, mm-hmm. Canada's got a ton of lake trout, so if there's any listeners. Uh, they had those up in uh, Simcoe, correct? Yeah. I believe there's lake trout we in Simcoe. Out, yeah. up there fishing. Um, some lakes, you know, uh, get them. Some of the Finger Lakes, I know, uh, have lake trout uh, in New York. And some They're get, pretty widespread fish. Yeah, some get bigger than others, obviously, depending on, you know, habitat and food source, but... Anyways, the the ones in Lake Erie can get quite big. So, if you're jigging for them, it's basically, you know, you're going down with, if you talk to Corey and you uh, go to his page and look on uh, Instagram or Facebook at XGR Charters, you I can almost guarantee you're going to see some ads for Steel Shad, some posts. He promotes Steel Shad very heavily, and they are a phenomenal lure. That's... Uh, that's what actually your dad, Frank, mm-hmm. uh, caught his lake trout on. I was, was going to say, I know you took that out a while ago. Yep. Uh, that was uh, post-spawn is when we went mm-hmm. in, the, in the fall. But for trolling purposes, all I did, and I'll have people probably listening that, you know, say that this is not the best way to do it. And I can tell you it's not the best way because I'm just <laughs> dealing with the gear that I have. You yeah. Know? It's what I could find in the barn and rig up for lake trout. Mm-hmm. So I I was running a program of four rods, and on one was on a downrigger, two were slide divers, which I'll get into, and one dipsy. So on the downrigger, I would put a you know put twenty yards back, uh, just a spoon, plain plain spoon, no flash or no nothing, put it twenty yards back and attach it right to the rigger ball with a clip and a rubber band drop it down to the bottom and pretty much drag bottom with with that rod just let it just dig in the mud Mm because that's where the lake trout are yeah a lot of times you're not going to mark anything on your fish finder because they're just sitting in the mud do they like the like the plume of mud that comes up like if you're dragging your ball do they like to so um it's kind of one of those things with fishing you know people have their Mm-hmm. Oh, what do you call them? Not skeptics, like 
traditions, kind of. What, what's the word? Superstitions. Yeah, superstitions. That's it. Levi, uh, my buddy Levi, he mm. doesn't wear white when he's fishing. Really? White, white shirt, won't wear it. Won't catch fish if he's wearing a white shirt. And <laughs> he catches fish, so. He does. So you, you can't argue and say that that's not factual mm-hmm. for Levi. But that's it's just one of those things that it's it's fun. You know, don't have yeah. a banana on the boat. You won't catch fish if yeah. you have a banana. Just those silly little superstitions is what you know makes it fun if there's little things that you do to be successful then then do them Mm -hmm. but uh so back to the the downrigger ball there's been a couple times where the contour of the lake where i was trolling goes up and down very quickly and if you're not right on your downrigger to pick the ball up and drop it back down it will bump bottom sometimes and there's been times where I see, you know, the pole kind of bouncing where the rigger ball's bumping and I'll pick up on the ball just to get it off the bottom. And, you know, not 10 seconds later, mm-hmm. fish comes and hits it, whether it's from the mud or just the bait rising up rapidly. Yeah. I don't know, but mm-hmm. um, some people do bounce it and they say that it helps. So mm-hmm. Cause I, I know a lot of people that are like jig do mm-hmm. smack bottom just yep. to get that plume. Cause a lot of times there's small bugs Mm -hmm. and stuff that come from that so and i like i said in the beginning i'm not the most knowledgeable about this if we could get Corey on here i mean we'd learn a lot more yeah could learn a ton but this is just from a guy who's never done it to i've gone trolling for lake trout three times Mm -hmm. so and you've been successful so yeah i've caught mm, three six now i've caught 12 uh 12 lake trout in uh three trips so not crazy good numbers but we lost i think we lost four total so we're so you're staying busy on the boat yeah we're 12 for 16 on mm. on trout so i mean there's people that'll do that in one trip you know and yeah. it took me three but i also just do like maybe four hours or something i've never been out there all day yeah but so anyways um if you're doing the same thing i am and if you already know everything then you don't need to be listening to me, but <laughs> if you've never done anything and just want to get out there and do it, the downrigger, if you don't have a downrigger, that's fine. Um, I didn't have uh, a full set of dipsies. That's what you know. most of these guys are running are dipsies. I only had one. I found it in a cardboard box in my barn. So I was like, okay, well, that's what they're catching them on. I'll rig that one up. So I rigged the dipsy up, uh, leader and tied a spoon on i was like okay that's one pull so i got a downrigger pull and i got a dipsy and i was like well i want to fish more than two rods Mm -hmm. so they make what's called a slide diver which is basically the same concept as a dipsy but instead of hard tying it into your line like tying a knot on both ends of the dipsy and it not moving here comes the term slide diver it slides up and down your line and you basically determine your leader length by how far you slide it up from your spoon and then you lock it in what's nice about them is they have um, a light bite feature so sometimes dipsies if you're fishing you know real uh, rough water or you get a small fish on trying to pop the dipsy so you can can reel it in yeah it can be a little difficult especially if you're walleye fishing with a big dipsy and you get like a little 14 inch walleye or a little white bass or something Mm -hmm. it's kind of gets kind of annoying so with these slide divers, they have the same settings that a dipsy does. You can rotate them to get them to pan out to either side. And uh, 
basically run exactly the same. When a fish hits it, they uh, trip and then slide down to your swivel, and that's it. So you can play with your leader length. So with a dipsy, when you go to reel it in, you can only reel your dipsy to the top eyelet of your pole because then you have to pull back and fight yeah. the fish to net it. So you got to make sure that your leader is long enough to, you know, not be right on your dipsy and still, you know, get bites, but it can't be too close to where they get scared. But if it's mm -hmm. too long, then you can't net the fish once you get it. Yeah. Once you get your dipsy up to your top eyelet. So, so what's like a ideal leader length from the dipsy? And I'll probably get, you know, smoked on this because I'm not, you know, positive, but I'm probably running maybe eight feet, maybe. Idiot. Yeah. So stupid. Yeah. Um, you seriously do eight foot? Probably eight eight or ten feet, probably, if I had to guess. I, I didn't measure them out. I'm sure that there's people that take a tape and measure them. I just kind of did, kinda a, went, did a couple. That looks right. Did a couple arm lengths, and I'm, I'm sure, I like I said, I got... Uh, one downrigger, which is, you know, I set that back, but three with divers on them. And I'm sure if you put them side by side, none of the three the are the same now. Yeah. So, um, that being said, um, you can probably do some research and, or even ask around to talk to some people that you know that have done it, figure out the ideal length for them. Mm -hmm. But what I've been doing seemed to work for me. I know it's not the most productive, but I stayed busy and, like I said, I never fished super long for them. Yeah. And every setup that I had on the boat has caught and fished. The downrigger, the slide divers, and the dipsy. And I'd say they're all a pretty even on mm -hmm. uh, production. But as far as the bait goes, I'm using uh, stinger spoons. Um, they're a little bit smaller. They're not the big, big salmon spoons. Mm -hmm. But uh, they're still a pretty good size. I'd say they're maybe... Uh, what do you think that four is, Tom? Inch, four and a half four inches. inches. So they're, they're, Tom has been known to be good with shapes. Yeah, yeah, real good. So um, I know Corey uses uh, bay wrap mag spoons, is I believe what they're called. Just look on his page, you'll see them. Uh, but I believe he uses bay wrap mag spoons on his boat and just slaughters them. Do you have a favorite pattern? Um. I personally don't know the names of the spoon colors, like on uh, yeah, like blueberry like, muffin. And yeah, on like you know reef runners and you know plugs plugs for trolling. Yeah, they got weird ones. You know, Wonder Bread and Trick or Treat and yeah, blueberry muffin and uh, Star Spangled Banner and all the you know fancy names. But the spoons, I'm not really sure. But I've been pretty successful with like purples and greens, but. All of the spoons, like my most successful spoons, and I'm saying most successful with 12 trout boated, yeah. which you know isn't a whole lot of data, but um, well, you can start to notice people. it. Yeah, yeah. but um, I like black dots on them. A lot of them that have like a line of three dots going down it or something. For me, it could be you know one of the superstitions, or it could have some effect to it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But um, in all silverback spoons, I had one copperback like the. Uh, inside of the spoon was yeah. copper and i had it out there I for the perfect way you could keep that as a superstition what black dot keep the line taut <laughs> that is good brilliant it's a good so, rhyme yeah. you think that all on yourself i did all on myself yeah yeah wow you know what i meant <laughs> but anyways so 
that's, I mean, for as far as a program, if you want to go out there, basically this time of year, what I've noticed is, like I said, those trout are in the mud, so you're not going to mark a ton of them. But if you, you know, know where they are and basically you just got to put a spoon at that depth. So, <clears throat> excuse me, whatever, <clears throat> wow, whatever you got to do to get that spoon down there, that's what I did. You know, I looked at all the equipment that I had in my barn and said, okay, I got a spoon and I got to get it down anywhere from 50 to 70 feet. Mm-hmm. How am I going to do that? And yeah. so that's when... You know, I started putting the slide divers together and the, you know, clips with the rubber band for the downrigger ball. And that's what I came up with and caught some fish. Yeah. And that's definitely the most important thing is your depth. Yeah. You got to be where the fish are in the water column. Explore the water column. Always have to. Oh, what is his name? You always have to remember. Hold on. Don't, don't tell me. Don't tell me. We don't have all night. Hold on. It's uncut angling and his name is... Give me the first letter. Arnold Schwarzenegger. A. Aaron. 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 Aaron from Uncut Aaron. Aaron Weeb. Aaron Weeb. Very, very knowledgeable guy. Yeah. So uh, he always tells you to explore the water column, and we did. Uh, I actually had a couple marks while I was out there up around like 30 feet, and I don't know if they were, you know, lost walleye or smallies or could be steelhead or elevated lake trout. I have no idea. That's why I threw a rod out with a jet diver mm-hmm. right around that you know, 25, 30 foot mark just to see what it was, if I could catch one and never got lucky enough to mm-hmm. hook into one. But. So is there like a water temperature you're looking for? Cause I know like walleye fishing, a lot of times you start out, you know, in the shallower water. And then as the sun comes up, the walleye move deeper, stay yeah. in the cooler water. So with any fish that's going to be relevant water temperature, um, that's how all fish regulate their spawning times is water temperature. Mm-hmm. So I know lake trout spawn in the fall and that's when, you know, the water starts to cool off. They come in shallow and drop their eggs. And they're and, big travelers too. Yeah. They oh yeah. cover they the entire lake. And um, during the winter, honestly, in the Great Lake regions, I couldn't tell you where they go. I don't mm-hmm. know if they stay in shallow, if they shoot back out deep. I honestly have no idea. There's people that catch Lakers through the ice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I'm not sure about on Lake Erie because obviously we don't get a full freeze. I know Simcoe. So just this, just as a reference, I know on Lake Simcoe when we were up there and they were talking about going out uh, lake trout, you had to go like deep, deep. Yeah. Um, And I would imagine that has something to do with at that point warmer water, but like it's still obviously really cold. But they go deeper into the lake to. Mm-hmm. find a little bit warmer water for that time yeah. yeah i'm not i'm not too sure but i do know that in the springtime they're back in a little shallower in that you know 50 to 70 foot range so in the summertime i'm assuming they go back out into the trenches and mm-hmm. go you know to that anywhere from 80 to 100 feet of water 110 feet I'm not really sure but that'd just be my guess tom my my best guess to you but in the s- fall time, people actually catch them from shore. Uh, Levi was mm-hmm. actually casting uh, spoons for steelhead and caught a lake trout from shore, like right before dark. So in the I, in the fall, they come all the way in, I guess, to mm-hmm. he was probably fishing six feet of water. I was so. talking to someone a couple of years ago, um, 
and he was reading a study. They were just tracking lake trout movements around Lake Erie, and almost every single lake trout that they studied and followed came like right by Presque Isle Bay, like right mm-hmm. there, you know, by the stacks through that whole area there that we're always fishing from shore mm-hmm. almost every single fish that they looked at came through that area of the lake at some mm-hmm. point at you know whatever point in the year it was that they're yeah. coming in shallow they saw the fish right there hmm. that's pretty wild yeah i know um i've been turned on to a couple studies like that and mm-hmm. don't want to blow the spot out but have seen marks was a little bit different of an area than where you're talking but actually had seen the markers mm-hmm. like the gps markers that they'd put in the fish and all of them same thing like you said all conjugate in the same area yeah. so they definitely you could just give us lots and longs yeah, That'd be fine. yeah. <laughs> uh, they definitely do school up mm-hmm. so they're not lone running fish do you yeah. even know what school is anymore no nah, it's been so long <laughs> since i've been in school we're, we're past that yeah who cares anymore I, I got something else i want to bounce off your off your brain go ahead it's called a so, concussion yeah so <laughs> I know, like, for example, I've done some crappy fishing through the ice on Misery Bay, and it seems like it's can be red hot until, like, 9 in the morning, and then it's like a light switch. Yep. And is lake trout, can it be the same way? Is there an optimal time? It Any Ooh. fish can be that. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, you know, no rhyme or reason. I mean, there is a rhyme or reason to it, but... To the um, fish, but yeah. we don't know it. But uh, sometimes, yeah, you can be hot, 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 and just dead nothing and actually the last trip i took out uh me and levi went out and fished from well we went out we left the dock a little after six and i actually probably didn't even get all of our lines out probably until closer to seven uh we had a little boat ride out and then i had a little problem getting my trolling motor going so we didn't get any rods out until closer to seven um, once we got our program up and moved back into the depth of water that we wanted to be in on the, you know, path we were trying to follow, <clears throat> started picking up fish immediately. Mm-hmm. And we had, we never had a double, but we had three fish back to back where we caught one, unhooked it, was sending another line back caught and like hooked into another one reeled that one in while the other line was not even all the way back yet just kind of hanging off the side of the boat so it was hot 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 for a minute and then probably around 9 30 10 o'clock like you said tom it was just just dead for us and in the the morning you would see all the boats you know everybody's net was down it was they were mm. scooping off the back of the boat and nine o'clock got yep, a little more relaxed around the same time that our boat died you know you would still see boats pulling fish in and you know netting fish but not not nearly like it was in the morning yeah but so tell me about the fight of these guys so lake trout are like i said big fish and have a lot of power but from my experience they don't have a lot of speed so I haven't had much experience jigging for them and being successful. So that's like Frank said, how you really get a feel for how these fish fight is jigging. Um, but trolling wise, they 
feels similar to a catfish if I had to pick another fish that they fight like. Long head Just, shakes and yeah, real, hard pulls. Real heavy uh, right off the bat. It's like you know, pulling on like a piece of slate. Under the, like, just yeah. Yeah. feels like it, almost a snag at first. Mm-hmm. And just Until the snag starts moving. Yeah, you'll feel some big, you know, head shakes, and they'll they'll pull pretty good once they, you know, get boat shy and you know see the prop and the net come down, and they'll start to give you a couple pulls and start running side to side. But not like a steelhead. Steelhead kind of shoot side to side and can tangle your lines all up mm-hmm. for the they most like part. Jumping too. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I've just seen lake trout stay down and back pretty much. I had one. I honestly thought it was a walleye because the rod went off. I picked it up, started reeling, and it was kind of short, snappy head shakes and mm-hmm. not real heavy. And I was like, hmm, well, maybe this is, you know, a walleye or some, you know, bycatch. But it was just a lake trout that either had been caught before and he knew that game and was like, <laughs> all right, just bring me in. Or I don't know, because it was a decent sized one, but he just didn't fight. So mm-hmm. I guess I haven't caught enough to or caught them jigging to really feel the mm-hmm. you know the, the full power extent. of them so but no they're they're a, a good fighting fish they're mm-hmm. they're arm burners and, if yeah you and get they a, get 30 get 40 pounds mm-hmm. so you catch one that big you're gonna know about it no think, matter how you're pulling it in i think the state record in pa i want to say is around like 28 pounds yeah um and then new york's like 47 or something mm-hmm. crazy i'm not yeah. don't quote me on those numbers but i believe that's what they are and i know Corey uh from xtr charters has been close on yeah. a couple of his fish they've actually i think his name's dave bauer he's a frequent client and he's caught some hogs mm-hmm. like just some giant fish now is that like Corey's main thing is lake trout or? um if you look at his page you'll see a lot of it because he is phenomenal at it and has everything dialed into a t but you'll also see he's very proficient at smallmouth fishing and can go out and easily hit double digits in smallmouth and into the 20s or sometimes probably 30s 40s i don't know how many but he catches quite a few smallies to him some big ones he also i think does some walleye charters and he might even dabble in like ice fishing, like doing guided ice fishing trips too. I'm not positive on that, but very, very knowledgeable fisherman. But I believe Nick uh, wanted to touch a little bit on uh, the last lake trout that I had caught. Yep. Um, I didn't know. Have you posted anything on our page? No, because you didn't it send it to me. Okay. Well, I'll, give me, you know what? After the podcast, yeah. I'll send it to you and we can post it. So maybe that could be, it'll be the, the cover, cover photo. Yep. So I actually was talking to, is it Emma Brentlinger? Yeah. That does taxidermy? Yep. Edinburgh's favorite taxidermist. Edinburgh's favorite. So I had talked to her at one of our beer league softball games and said, hey, uh, I really would like to get a fish mounted. I've never had one mounted. I've never had anything mounted and just wanted to start you know, filling up a room with some sweet mounts. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I got you. And we talked about uh, replica mounts and she can send them out to get freeze dried and, you know, paint them and whatnot, or she can do skin mounts. So I can only imagine how much like a large lake trout would be to freeze dry. Yeah. I I don't know. A snake was 500. Yeah. So, (laughs) So I don't know, but I always 
and you know you'll see this on people who keep fish and mount them you'll see posts and controversy on them because a lot of times if you do a skin mount you are not benefiting from that fish you aren't going to be able to get any meat from it a lot of times mm -hmm. and the only thing that that fish is going to is a mount just just so, the trophy yeah unlike uh just to compare it like a whitetail or a turkey yeah. you get to enjoy all of the the meat that comes with mm -hmm. it and all, all preserve the meat it. on a turkey. Yeah, all of it. It's <laughs> no, pretty a, dang delicious. There's a little bit of meat on a turkey. That's for but, sure. Um, so I always, you know, I, I go both ways. When people, you know, keep in mountain fish, I have, you know, zero, you know, negative thoughts towards them. I, I want to do it myself. And uh, I just... I get replicas are cool. Like Nick said, yeah, they're super expensive. You do let to, you do get to let the fish swim, but at the same time, it's not it's, the fish. It's not your fish that's on the wall. Yeah. If that, I mean, if you're a fisherman, you know, like that's how I the, feel about replica mounts. Like mm -hmm. I caught this fish, and yeah, that's what it looked like, but that's not the fish. Mm -hmm. Like, and so where I'm at is, you know, I get satisfaction from letting fish go, and. Do not foul anybody for keeping them if it's a legal fish. Yeah. The regulations are put in to keep the fish in check. If people didn't keep them, it's just like uh, hunting. If people didn't shoot whitetail or didn't shoot turkey or didn't shoot fox, like the population would you know, mm -hmm. go through the roof. So that's why the bag limits are where they're at. So if people are you know, keeping those fish, then there's no harm there. But, mm -hmm. but I feel like uh, fishing like the fishing community is a lot different than um, like the hunting community when it comes to like mounting a trophy because like the only thing you're doing when you're hunting is you're going with a rifle like to yeah, kill well, an animal. Yeah. But I'm saying like when it comes to like the trophy itself, so people will scoff at somebody that mounts a buck that didn't live up to their standards. But when it comes to fishing, people scoff if you mount something over a certain point yeah like i do, uh, I do feel that like yeah. a monster you, buck everyone's like of course you're mounting that monster yeah, buck and a monster to, yeah. fish it's if, like what are you doing you pulled like that when fish? you when you caught your uh 50 inch or 50 plus inch muskie yep. there was guys down at the place that you were fishing that they, yelled were, at they were upset for, for taking him it out of the just water. Pulled it out of the yeah, water just to get a picture yeah. like, you let it go you could have put it on a stringer i had it in the net took the hook out and picked it up and he was like what are you doing put that fish back and i was like i'm just taking a quick picture like yeah. this fish is i'm yeah i made sure it had a healthy release and it's going to be fine like mm -hmm. just yeah but i guess what i'm saying like somebody kills a monster buck there's not a single person that's like why didn't you just take a picture let yeah. it walk by you have the memory like it's it's weird like i mean yeah. it's not weird but like somebody mounts it's a just totally and you're like what do you what yeah why'd you mount that but like people for fishing they if you're going to mount something they want it to be something small yeah. So it, I don't know. It's just a weird thing I've always noticed when it came because like I don't really consider myself part of like the fishing community because I mm -hmm. I have my fishing license but it's mainly so I can just go get my snake permit and go on the boat with Luke <laughs> like two or three times a year. Um, but like I don't know. I just I'm more invested in the hunting community and it's totally yep. opposite when it comes yeah. to mm -hmm. mounting a trophy. Yeah, for sure. And so like where I stand is I completely agree with the angler's choice with what they want to do with their catch if it is within the legal parameters mm -hmm. so if somebody you know catches a a bass out of bass season 
that's like in spawn or something that's just an absolute tank and you know keeps it to mount it then yeah i got a little bit of a problem with it just because you didn't lawfully catch it that fish was trying to spawn that's why they have a closed season for them mm-hmm. and so but it's if it's different than poaching a whitetail like same, same exact thing yeah someone poaches a whitetail out of season you're gonna be pissed yeah. if they get it mounted and yeah. try and show it off yeah yeah like why you like that doesn't make sense so like the dirt bags that killed a bunch of whitetail around us mm, yep <laughs> but i uh i always look at fish mounts and like i said i never like have a negative thought about them the only thoughts are that's a sweet mount like that's mm. awesome that would look sweet in my house and everything so my last trip that i went out i had caught a caught a tank lake trout like it was didn't take any measurements on it but just being you know around fish a lot i don't think i hit 20 it was probably you know 18 19 pounds maybe and you know 30 plus inches just a fat fat fish Mm -hmm. and played through my head you know after Levi netted this fish and brought it in the boat, I was like, okay, I already talked to Emma. You know, I brought the cooler on the boat and was like, she said that, you know, she'd do the mounts for me. I was going to take a bunch of pictures and, you know, put them in the cooler. And uh, I picked the fish up out of the net and gave Levi my phone to get a picture, you know, right after the catch mm-hmm. and took the picture. And I looked at the cooler for probably five, five to 10 seconds, just kind of looked down at it and looked back at the fish and turned around and put her in the water. Mm -hmm. I just, I I just couldn't. I mean, and if somebody else were to, like I said, no, no issue. Like Mm -hmm. it's, I'm, that's going to be an awesome mountain. Let me see it when it's done. You know, it's going to be sweet. And I just, I don't know, something in my, you know, mind told me to let it go. So I did. I I think all of us have, um, that, that voice or whatever in our Mm -hmm. head, um, I mean, I've noticed many times, you know, I, I've had perfect scenarios to bag a doe early season mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, like or even I've, a buck, you see. even a buck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's legal. And you know, I've, Just, you know, I've even said, I've been on record saying I'm going to shoot a buck tonight if I see one yep. and that buck comes out and then all of a sudden, like for whatever reason, something in my mind's like, not, no, the, not that this ain't one. And, and so like, I, I, I totally understand. I would like, if. I mean, I've been in situations where I've passed deer and somebody else killed them the same day mm-hmm. or yep. like, you know, very recent or quick after whatever, like yep. a, a buck that I had let passed Trevor yep. had killed later. Yep. Um, I, I was stoked for Trevor, but like, mm-hmm. so I'm just, I guess what I'm getting at is like, I totally get that yeah. feeling of, I don't care if anybody else does it, but I, I I'm not going to do it today. <laughs> and, and that's not to say that next time I go out and I catch one, that doesn't mean I'm not going to put it in the cooler yeah yeah, and mount it it was just i you know i wanted to mount one that trip and that one that i caught just wasn't the one Mm -hmm. it wasn't and what is kind of kind of stinks about lake trout just to begin with is a lot of people i mean some people do eat them but a lot of people don't they're more catch and release yeah um they're a bigger fish and they tend to hold some like contaminants like mercury and some stuff that Mm -hmm. uh just from living so long and sitting in the mud at the bottom of lake erie so um i personally don't eat them i know your dad has a buddy that likes them and Mm. i know quite a few people that do smoke them and well even in like if you get the when you buy your fishing license they Mm -hmm. give you the book they tell you you're only supposed to eat this much of this fish this much of this Mm -hmm. fish they even give you like a like a on catfish it's like one meal a month or every two months or something they say they hang out on the bottom in all that 
nasty so shit. Lake Lake Trout is the only fish on that chart that says do not eat. <laughs> the only fish that says <laughs> so, don't eat this fish. I know like a muskie to get to that like trophy size, you know, could be thirty years old. Um in comparison to that, like where are lake trout on that list? Like how long does it take a lake trout to get to that like twenty pound mark in Lake Erie? So I personally don't have like the exact numbers, but um I would say probably five to eight years old is probably like adulthood where um, there'll be, you know, maybe 10, 12 pounds or so. And I'm guessing probably some of those big ones can push that 20 year mark. I'm not positive on how old them giants are is probably anywhere from 20 to 30 years. Probably to me, it just doesn't seem logical for a fish to live that long. Like when, cause like I was your goldfish only live a year. Yeah, I know. Well, like when Luke told me that that monster muskie he had, uh, it was like probably over 30 years old. It was like, like it was probably around that 25 to 30 years old. It was just like, boggled it, my that mind that that was fish was probably born before I was alive. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. I, before I was born, that fish was in that body of water. Mm-hmm. Like, that's insane to me. So, what I've heard is that they reach maturity at like six to seven years old, um, and they can actually live up to 25 years old is not uncommon. Um, that sounds a lot like maybe an article or I see you're looking at your phone. Is that what you heard or what? You Are we read? just going to call them out? Because we're you just going to call them out. They, they have actually, from what I hear, from what you hear, have been, from what uh, I've read on Wikipedia, recorded <laughs> just to now. be Buzzfeed. over 60 years old. That's why Lake trout or muskie? Lake trout. Lake trout have been recorded to over 60. So I've heard. So you've heard. Wow. That's actually, I would, I wouldn't have guessed Keep that. in mind. It's a fictional podcast. Yep, Keep it in mind. Is. It is always fictional, but. I know they're they're probably one of the older fish that are uh, in the lake. I know sturgeon. sturgeon. Maybe that's I know sturgeon. Your buddy, yeah, sturgeon far, your buddy calls them uh, dinosaurs. The dinosaurs. So maybe that's where a little bit of it comes from. They're just speaking old. of sturgeon and my buddy Corey. Uh, he caught a sturgeon. Did in Lake Erie? Uh, nothing lake else. Erie. Don't say another word. We will just that we have to get Corey on. We. That's just something he has to tell. Not okay. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. That is his story to tell. I, I, yeah. I hope you get him on because I want to hear that story. That got all of us excited, but <laughs> I think it would be best if we all hear it for the first time. And this will just add to that without giving anything. It was last year. Oh, man. Yeah. So it wasn't like... 2020. You know, it wasn't like he's a 80-year-old you know, guy that you know caught one back in the, in in the, the 50s. Heyday. No. Like he caught one last year. That's right. wild. Sweet. So... so Stay tuned for Stay that. Stay tuned. We'll, I'll get him on. Yeah. Or pull he, some strings. He's, he's a busy guy. Pull some if line, you, if you will. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Just firing on all cylinders. They're today. so good. The, the propeller. The, oh, man. You're you're killing it. But uh, he is a very busy guy uh, because he is so good at what he does. Mm-hmm. He is booked weekend to weekend all month. I don't think he has a day off this month. So uh, it will be difficult to get him on, but... I'm sure he can make time for the White Cat Outdoors. It's good group. for business for him. Oh, it yeah. is. I mean, with all if of our listeners. If he wants to book next month, oh, he'll, yeah. he'll get <laughs> I probably already is. He's, uh, I think, November, like November next year, there's not an open day. Or if this fishing think. charter will want paid to be on our podcast. Oh, <laughs> oh, heat. oh man. That was kind of, a, kind of a dark stab at somebody. but We'll talk about that later. He probably doesn't listen to it. Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't. He's probably too good for us. Probably. Oh, well. 
Anyway. So, yeah. But anyways, no. Corey's an excellent guy. Uh, I've only only talked to him a couple times, and it'll be a it'll be a story if we can get him on here. Uh, you know, like you were talking about the hunting and fishing community. You know how the fishing community can be very like stingy sometimes. Where like, so hey, where'd you catch that fish? Like you always make the Latin lawn jokes and mm-hmm. everything else. So when you are like me personally, when there's an upcoming angler, I will, you know, even if it's a, you know, a seasoned angler, someone who fishes all the time that, you know, is just getting into a new area of fishing. Like I'm always there to, you know, help and point them in the right direction. And that's not to say I'm going to give them the exact spot and the exact, like just with hunting, like if you're hunting hunting public land or something, you're not going to say, Oh, Hey, my tree stands right there. If you want to go use it. But you know, you'll give them tips and tricks on how to be successful. We've hunted with a lot of guys that have, you know, either never killed a deer or never killed a Mm -hmm. turkey. And we try and give them everything they can, um, to be successful. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of them, we've even taken them on their first hunts, got them their first birds, got them their first deer. Yep. Um, and that's and that's what but, I was grateful you know, for. Yeah, exactly. You, we want to be good mentors because we had good mentors. Yep. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to give them everything. Yep. You know, eventually you got to take that, the training wheels off. That, yeah, and that's that's how you grow yourself is by figuring stuff out on your own. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure Corey, you know, didn't get handed the you know the lake trout and smallmouth book and you know take off with it. He, is there a book? Uh, <laughs> I, I'll write one. But. Um, you know, he he might have gotten some pointers along the way or, you know, talked to some people, but he, you know, developed his own method and did his own research and figured out what worked for him. But uh, I, you know, reached out to him, and this will be a story for if he gets on here. But uh, when I went out lake trout fishing, jigging, when I mentioned earlier that I couldn't get my anchor to hold, well, picture it from his boat where you're absolutely hammering fish you know you have already boarded you know 30 fish you're a fishing boat captain with three clients and there's over 30 fish in the boat not in the boat but caught and released and you say maybe we shouldn't have this guy i'm just just kidding (laughs) no um and you see another boat you know maybe 200 yards from you that is driving forward throwing an anchor drifting back dragging his anchor, pulling his anchor back out, throwing it, like driving back up to the spot, throwing the anchor just because I couldn't get it to hold. Mm-hmm. What is, like, from my standpoint, that's a very frustrating situation to be Probably in. when a bit it's embarrassing. Yeah, when it's real windy and I couldn't hold and I didn't have any equipment for trolling and uh, the wind was pushing us too fast to jig. Like, I couldn't even drift and jig because our jigs wouldn't hit the bottom. And so... I was, you know, in a very frustrating situation and he's like looking like what is this kid doing? <laughs> so when I reached out to him, you know, and you know, hey, you know, I'm trying to get in this lake trout fishing, you know, can you give me any tips and whatnot? He had two people that he thought were contacting him at the same time. I was both of those people. I was the kid that ran into him at the dock and talked to him the twenty one year old kid that, you know, wanted to get into lake trout fishing. And I was also the 40-year-old crackhead that he saw while he was fishing. So he had, like, four Lukes in his phone, but they were all just Luke. That's So hilarious. he didn't know who was texting him, and he had, like, one, like, contact. And it was me texting him, 
and he wasn't sure who Which I was. Luke it was. If this was, you know, a 21-year-old kid that, you know, was knowledgeable and wanted to get into lake trout fishing or a 41-year-old crackhead. Let me ask you something. You smoke crack? Yeah. <laughs> so I actually had went and, you know, met up with Corey and hung out with him and said it said that I was the nicest crackhead he ever met. So uh, <laughs> nice. You look really young for 41. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's all the crack. Yeah. There'll be, there'll be some good stories and uh, what not to talk about if, if and when we can get him on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, but other than lake trout fishing, I mean, that's, that's about all I got for it. I mean, I'm not, like I said, not super lake trout guru. You know, I just, yeah, but I just, you, you learn quick. Think, I mean, I you, think the word I would use is I dabble. Like, I remember somebody said, like, muskie are like a, what, like one in a hundred cast or something, or I think it's 10,000. 10, yeah, 10,000. And I remember after like a year and a half of Luke fishing for muskie was like catching multiple per trip. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's one uh, like, of those fish that, it takes 10,000 to figure it out, and then once you figure it out, you cut it down to, like, 100. Yeah, yeah but Luke was, like, coming back, oh, yeah, we caught a half a dozen today. Mm-hmm. Like, Luke's, when it comes to fishing, I don't think I anyone don't think takes I've it more. I have ever said half a dozen. I believe my best day ever was half a dozen. So you, you do it all the time. Dozen. Yeah. I, I, that no, was the I, last time I was thinking about it was yeah. when you said you could The best it. day I've ever had muskie fishing is I caught six. Yeah, well, I've never caught a muskie. Uh, but, I have. <laughs> um, Tom's the, uh, was a tank. It was. It was huge. I, I got him on that. Uh, anyways, what I was getting at, though, is like Luke puts a lot of time into the species he wants to target. Um, so I'm confident with mm-hmm. some a little bit more time, Luke will be a master when it comes to lake trout. Speaking um, of masters, I... How about the John Daly? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I what. am gonna start looking heavily into getting my master's degree no master captain's school captain's license ahoy matey yeah so that'll be get my master class for that'll be sweet yeah captain so that'll be that'll be coming in the future also but wild white cat like yeah like you said though get on board with the prowler i wouldn't consider myself a pro at anything like any specific type of fishing there's countless people and about like each, bluegill fishing each, you, you just stole my <laughs> thunder tom you just stole my thunder but there are multiple uh you know countless people that are better than me you know bass fishing walleye fishing you know steelhead fishing lake trout muskie but i believe that i'm well-rounded that i can go out and do you're gonna catch any something. any species of fish and you know be semi-successful at it and just have a good time but like I said, Tom stole my thunder. If you want to go toe to toe bluegill fishing, I'll give you a run for Smoke your money. Smoke all day long. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you a run. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that uh, kind of sticks out in my mind when you like first decided you were going to start fishing for lake trout, um, I think one of the first people you turn to when it comes to fishing is our grandpa because he's been on the lake for quite a long time, and yep. um, that's the same person me and Tom turn to along with our dad when it comes to hunting. Um, it's just the guy's done it all, it seems. Um, mm-hmm. And when you first got into talking about lake trout, he was like, he's like, why? Yeah. He's like, well, he's like, because they're big. And so he's like, well, you can't even eat them. Like, yeah. my I grandpa has her. no interest in lake trout because you can't eat them. That's why mm-hmm. he's like, walleye, 
you can eat them. That's yep. another part of the fishing community that I don't understand. Because when I go fishing, I just like to catch fish. It's I don't, a, I'm it's having a good time. time. Yeah, like, like who some needs people two like your, your grandpa's one of them. That's like, <laughs> if you don't keep every fish you catch that's legal, he's like, what the hell are you doing letting that fish go? Or like, if you don't boat every single fish that comes oh, God up, God forbid you bounce you out here if you keep bouncing them off exactly. the side of the boat. But yeah. like, you're, for you're, me, you're if I'm out there fishing, you're catching fish. Put your phone away. Yeah, taking a picture, Grandpa. Yeah, like for me, if you're bringing fish to the boat if you knock it off i'm like yeah whatever you, you got to Close fight enough. it you had fun Close with it yep i mean it don't get me wrong it's like a big buck you know you miss a shot with the bow and it kind of sticks in your gut yeah, yeah. it's Oof. like it's like yeah. if if you you know miss a net on you know a really nice fish yeah it does sting and that's that's the reason you're out there and i think i think Gramp, grandpa soaps wouldn't go out there if he didn't enjoy it i think oh he, yeah I think he I, likes I he to put a little it. a little uh a little bit of grumpy old yeah, man on the edge yeah, there yeah he yeah. does <laughs> But. No, that's what he was telling me. Uh, I was talking about these those uh, nitro turkey loads we've been yep. using, and he was like, "Well, he's like, what the heck's the point of a turkey hunt if you're just going to shoot it at 80 yards?" <laughs> he's like, it's "A bunch of he, new he's age like, I switched down, He's like, "I switched down to like a 20 gauge, so I could mm-hmm. you know talk them in closer, you know, make it more of a challenge." But then the other day I was going up there turkey hunting and I asked if I should bring decoys and stuff and. I was like, well, he's like, well, it depends. He's like, if you're good enough at calling, you can, uh, you don't need your decoys. And I was like, well, well I'll bring I was like, then. I was like back when I was turkey hunting, when I was little and I was with you, we never used decoys. And he's like, yeah, it's cause I'm a good turkey caller. I said, <laughs> well, if you're not coming with me, I better bring them turkey. decoys." <laughs> <laughs> so I told him I, uh, now that I have more free time and actually have the freedom of, you know, my boat now to travel and explore more water. Cause I was, you know, I walked the shoreline of Lake Erie and French Creek and Elk Creek and, you know, everywhere that I could, Every all the creek. local ponds and, you know, golf state land ponds, you know, golf courses, mm-hmm. fictional podcast, but I heard about some kids getting kicked off of golf courses multiple times, but yeah. Let me tell you, they told me that there were some huge fish in those ponds. And there are. And yeah. Maybe someday we'll get them on. Yeah, maybe. maybe. You can't hear a wink, wink through wink. Through, through, a, through a microphone very well. Rascals. But, yeah. Um where were we where was it going? Just lost the old train of thought. Choo choo. Uh we were just kind of reminiscing on like the fishing community versus uh like the hunting community and um just I, I I guess I started it with talking about that you're not exactly like a master at Lake Trout, but we're confident with uh, your dedication that you oh, will be. I, oh, I you're not your captain's. We're, no, license. no, this is way out. way I, beyond. I, I, this yeah, is when we were talking about Grandpa when uh, no, Gilgamesh. Yeah. Gilgamesh. <laughs> now I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> it's papaya. Um, That's year one but, reference. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I asked Grandpa to go uh, salmon fishing with me. Uh, one of these upcoming weekends. And that's what I was saying. I, with the freedom of the boat now, I can, you know, start exploring the new species and new techniques of fishing that I didn't get to in, you know, the, the past couple of years, like where I could only, you know, access from shore or with a small 14 foot boat. Cause that's what mm-hmm. I had at the time. So I want to get into salmon fishing as well. And, you know, start exploring new stuff. And grandpa actually, um, in Lake Erie, uh, broke the record twice for uh, I believe it was coho salmon or might have been the kings I'm not sure might have been the uh, chinooks but don't quote me on it but I do know that he broke the record for salmon twice uh, 
while he was chartering on his boat back in the day. I so didn't I, know that Grandpa had a charter. Uh, I don't think it was quite a charter. Um, he when he take people fishing. Yeah, when he uh, had Advocom, he would take clients out. Kind of. So he like had his license to do it and stuff, but it wasn't like a commercial yes, style. Yes. I remember he used to make us go out and catch all the fish for the Usher's Club picnic. Yep, I remember <laughs> that. But uh, so, anyways. Figured he'd be a good guy to talk to to, you know, teach me a thing or two about uh, salmon fishing. No, that's that was the only answer I got. I was like, do you want to go, you know, fish Ontario with me and catch some salmon? He's like, no, not really. <laughs> okay. Okay, then. See you later. So I'll have to figure that one out on my own or maybe you I can. You just got to butter him up. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him you're going to Mouth Walnut. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go out walleye fishing. Why are we getting on 90? Ride. Yeah. Why are we going on 90? Well... Now that I got you in the car. Yeah. No, we did said, that to Trevor once. <laughs> no, it says Niagara Falls, 10 miles. Did but, you bring your passport? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just wondering. You don't need it, but... Just in case we get too far into Lake Erie. Yeah. But... So what did you do with Trevor real quick before we oh, wrap this up? Oh, just real quick. We're talking about lying to somebody. We we had this grandmaster plan to take Trevor uh, turkey hunting in the Allegheny. Just down the road. Yeah, in the Allegheny Mountains, which is like about an hour ish a little over an hour um when you don't know where you're going um <laughs> and trevor was staying over at the house this is his first or second year of turkey hunting because he killed one his first year um and he had got he wanted to go turkey hunt with us and me and tom just loaded him up in the truck like woke him up super early like he didn't set an alarm or anything i don't even think he knew what time it was we just woke him up like mom let's go turkey hunting Jumped in my in my car, and my car actually the radio didn't display the time accurately. So like until he like checked his phone at some point, it took him a while to realize how early it Why was. Why are we going turkey hunting at midnight? It was, I mean, it was early. Um, finally, we're like, oh yeah, we're going to Warren, and uh, like down now again. He's like, why are we going so far? I'm like, ah, oh, it's gonna be fun. You know, we get like all the way out there, and he's like, all right, like, well, how far do we go? I'm like, well, our first setup's four and a half miles in. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> now that, solid. Now that's not like. The way a crow flies, there's faster ways to get to this area, but strategically, it was the easiest route. Um, least there's a lot amount of, guy- of disturbance in the woods. Least and- amount of disturbance, um, and just um, it being in a place that I've never been to before, it was the easiest route to not get lost on either. Um, gotcha. Because there's not really any stretch of PA that you can walk several miles without hitting a road, unless you're trying to essentially yeah. you you just got to tap into your internal gps and it'll I, just... mine's okay mine's horrible <laughs> if you were to put me in a in some woods spin me in a circle like I, I could i could even watch my way like into the woods but you know you just walk me in a couple circles yeah i don't know which way i'm pointing tom's gotten better but in his old days it could Tom get used to be horrible yeah but he's almost got... like 180 degrees off yeah, but he's gotten better in the years, so I'll give him props to that. You uh, used to be just as bad. Not now. I remember Greg used to I make gonna, fun of you all the did. time. Put one tree in the front yard, and Nick would get lost, he always used to say. I wasn't even lost. I was just a little off course where he wanted me to be. <laughs> a little off yeah. course. But that guy doesn't even know how to muzzle or hunt. <laughs> oh, man. Guy probably puts boar butter on his toast. <laughs> Sounds like somebody that does hunt would do that. Yeah. But, yeah. He muzzleloader. Hunts. He's a big muzzleloader guy. Well, on the end of that note, does anybody else have any uh, 
I last think, little remarks. I think so. that's about it. That's may, it. May I? I haven't. Yeah, I haven't you, done go it for well. it. Thank you. I, I really appreciate. Do you guys usually pass the torch when I'm not here? No, no, no it's usually, usually me. Just... Once in a while, I if somebody else wants it, they can have it. Yeah, yeah. usually Frank opens and Nick closes, and Tom just Tom fills in the middle. Off. <laughs> so. Anyways, with that being said, I just want to remind everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, get outside.